live with Jack Brown of Sophistifunk, and we are going to go through MC March Madness and discuss the first round matchups we had, uh, snubs, uh, the matchups going forward, and maybe we'll talk about llamas or something. I don't know, some random shit. But uh, how are you, Jack? Dolly llamas, maybe. Oh, shit. I heard, I heard the Dolly Lama could flow. He's got, like, the best flow. He's one with the flow. That's it, you know, and, and, you know, maybe this champion of this year's March Madness MC style will just be the 26th incarnation of the truth speaker. Could so, be. Uh, I mean, maybe the Dalai Lama, Sweet 16, he gets in there. He's got some bars. People sleep on Dalai Lama. He's got some bars out there. I wouldn't battle the, the Dalai Lama, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, with that, with that being said, it is you know said to make them battle at all. I love and respect all these these MCs, and I appreciate what you guys are doing, which is shining on lights on some of the greats from the past. And we do it all in in good fun, and we appreciate all the contributions to music that all these people have made through the years. So it is cool, and in the spirit of March Madness, I like seeing how it shapes up. So uh, I'm happy to chime in. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, just a fun exercise to do. You know, I mean, we always have these conversations, you know, all the time. Uh, you know, it's just kind of fun, like, you know, just like with the timing of March Madness. It's, you know, like I'd rather, I mean, I like basketball, but I like, I like hip hop much more than that. And, you know, it's kind of like, it's like one thing to rank them and say, like, here's the top 10, here's the top five. But with randomized matchups and things like that, it kind of adds interesting element to the whole thing um, because you had to, it's like a case by case thing, you know, just because, you know, Jay-Z, Nas, Biggie, like they're obviously great, but they could run into a difficult matchup. Not to say that they won't get move on to later rounds, but it, it kind of adds a very interesting element to the, uh, the whole structure of MC March Madness by the fact that, you know, just you know, like a game of chess, just like, you know, the heads up poker at the end of the game of Texas Hold'em or just like in the famous hip hop battles, it's one on one and you have to play your opponent. And I think it does bring exactly. out, you know, certain things that accentuate the different artists and what makes them special and could even foreshadow. Maybe they get through the round, but you realize later on they might go down for that against the wrong opponent. So, you know, Precisely. with that, let, let's get into the brackets and um, I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of recap it and talk about, some things or if you got any questions i'll pull the bracket up right now i'm taking a look at what you guys put together yes um you know the first matchup uh what do you think worst to five nine black thought what do you think about that matchup you know i have a as a as an mc who performs with a live band i've you know really looked at black thought as a tremendous inspiration and mm -hmm. I just feel like in the end, he could maybe, you know, depending on his draw, I see uh, he's got Tupac in the next round. But uh, I think in a different draw, he could have even gone further than that. I think he is absolutely an underrated MC, you know. And I'm, go I'm always glad to hear The Roots making new music because I think he gets overshadowed when you watch The Roots on, you know, Jimmy Fallon at night. And you don't realize that he has been keeping his content on a really, uh, you know, really conscious level for many years, and I, I give him a lot of respect. So, yeah. no, I, I, 
I, I definitely agree with that, you know, and yeah, that's kind of the interesting thing about him um, is that, you know, I mean, he does have a full band, you know, and kind of in doing this, like we had a discussion about keep putting groups in or not putting groups in. I think I talked to this before when we, we had the one that the off air conversation about this, um, you know, and kind of we decided like, all right, even though he's in a group, he he like he's like the m he's the mc of the group it's not like he's in a group with other mcs you know what i'm saying because i mean like the only other criteria was if you're in a group but then you had like a substantial solo queer yeah. career quote unquote you know like you had a good body of work uh to to be to meet our criteria um but uh but yeah i think he definitely you know i mean they're as a musical group they're an amazing you know sonic force you know and i think he definitely you know, with Questlove, I mean, Questlove fucking does so much fucking shit, produces, you know, where he's, I mean, he's all over fucking, uh, what's the shit, uh, Hamilton, you know, like he does lots of stuff and that's, you know, usually most people think of the roots, they think of him, um, for all the musical stuff he puts out there. But yeah, I think definitely Black Thought gets, uh, yeah, overshadowed, um, underrated, however you want to look at it. And they've had multiple MCs in the group at different times, but he stood the test of time with them and, and deserves to be on this list and uh, gets the win. And then I'm kind of looking at the whole bracket as a whole, pick out a few matchups. You know, I really do want to put a spotlight on KRS-One. Uh, KRS-One, to me, is very dangerous to go very far in this. And, um, you know, kind of looking ahead to a possible matchup with him and Tupac down the line is really contrasting styles. I, I don't want to get into maybe that debate yet. I'll save that for the future. But what I will say is where KRS-One really has an unbelievable advantage in a tournament like this is his flow and delivery and voice and vocal presence is unmatched. I mean, possibly the best ever, if not on an extremely short list. And, uh, you know, once you factor in his street consciousness and everything he's been able to build on a grassroots level, you know, off the mainstream, off the grid, I mean, truly, to be the king of the underground for so many decades, I, I give a lot of credit to KRS-One. He's a just a huge personal inspiration. So, you know, it's going to be tough with him and Pac because you can make, you know, a lot of great you know arguments on that side. So I think whoever's coming out of this bracket, and I'll, I'll probably I'll point out one other name is Big Pun. You know, it, it just lyrics, wordplay, flow. The speed at which he rhymed, groundbreaking, um, just all elements, even put in his heritage and just a Puerto Rican culture to the forefront in hip hop. Because people don't realize in the late 70s, you know, and I, I've learned this from talking to guys like KRS One and getting to sit and interview them and speak with them. And when I talked to KRS, he mentioned explicitly that at the disco clubs in the 70s, in early 70s when DJ Cool Herc was spinning, that it was a lot of Puerto Rican kids dancing. It was people from a lot of different backgrounds joining the party. And I think it connects full circle. And we got to give a lot of shout to Big Pun. And, um, you know, I also see MF Doom getting through over there. And uh, I think what's cool about him is his flow is probably more, you know, different than all the other guys on yeah. this entire uh 
you know, tournament. So I, I want to give him some credit. I noticed Foxy Brown and Nicki Minaj, and I um, appreciate that you included uh, the female presence and, and the Femme C, because throughout history of hip-hop, they're, you know, they have left an unbelievable mark, and you certainly got a lot of females on this bracket. And, I, you know, I kind of looked through it to make sure looking because I didn't want it to, to be too overwhelming on one side. I mean, it's, you know, it's, that speaks volumes, and there definitely could. You could have more, too. It's not like, yeah. you know, but this is, you know, I appreciate that. And then I got to give I see Mace on there. He lost the Scarface. Um, you know, I'll bring it up later, but I, I do feel like um, maybe Method Man could have beaten Mace in a plan and gotten himself into this bracket, but we can get to that. Um, yeah. But, but in the meantime, let's take a look over at the next bracket. You got the the uh, the one with Busta Rhymes on top. Yeah, we had the the first matchup was Busta Bus versus Chance the Rapper. Um, in this matchup, uh, you know, I mean. I mean, few things that are going against Chance the Rapper in this is, you know, he's new. Um, Buster Rhymes obviously has much more longevity. So, I mean, in terms of career consistency, you could you could say Buster's been around longer. So, I mean, in theory, he's going to have more consistency, even though you could debate that. Um, and also kind of teasing out, you know, and this kind of goes to what we were saying the other day about Master P, kind of teasing out their maybe entrepreneurial business contributions to the game from their MC contributions, you know, because obviously Chance, the way he's doing it, um, is very, uh, you know, unique, I guess you could say, in terms of this technological phase of uh, music and specifically hip-hop and rap. Um, but, you know, that that doesn't mean he should beat Busta Rhymes, you know. You know, MC full credit to MC. Chance, and yeah. he is pioneering new mediums of, of bringing hip-hop product and, and keeping it off the grid in a cool way, not fully, but you know, he's doing it his way, which is cool. Yeah. Um, you know, down the line, he may, I think it was a, a, a big, a big blessing for him to even be on this list. That's kind of his shout out. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see, you know, but he's, he is under 30. He's probably the only person under 30 on this entire list. I got to look. Yeah. Again. I mean, I'm pretty, pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, he's pro- definitely, he's definitely the youngest person on this list. I would, I would definitely, say that and probably the only person under 30 you're probably right about that too and uh Buster Rhymes you know comes up you know early on with rolling with you know Tribe Called Quest and the crew and leaders of the new school and all I can say about that before Flipmo Squad is he's been able to successfully reinvent himself while staying very mainstream yes. like very this is a different kind of journey than say a KRS one we just talked about yeah and he was able to create hits that were hip-hop bangers that played on the radio that people like to listen to and drive around to that would always update with whatever current style of music mm. was going on and yeah. he's been able to reinvent himself successfully more than most in hip-hop and uh, it, it speaks to his versatility and his great flow and persona through the years so, you know, you just really have to, you have to, you know, give credit that he's been there through all of it. And every two years, it's, a, you know, another round of songs. You know, he, he comes out with Wuha, then two years later, it's Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See and Dangerous. Ooh, then classic. Two years later, you know, it's coming to uh, 
um, give me some more, and uh, party is going on over here, and then you got into like break your neck, and then two years later he's, you know, he's with Mariah Carey, you know, doing uh, like a you know big smashes, and then he he just constantly there was Pastor Cavassier, you know, he just somehow was always able to find his way back into the spotlight through all these years and is still doing it. So, yeah, uh, I'm happy to see him full circle back performing with tribe called quest. So that was kind of cool to me because content wise, you know, he's been a gangster for, you know, the last 15, 20 years, but he started as more of an abstract kind of funny rapper, like crazy persona rapper early on in his career. So, you know, and he's a huge influence on my life as a as a middle schooler playing when disaster strikes, you know, is is a big part of my life. So I you know, I give Buster Rhymes a lot of credit. Another guy with an amazingly unique flow and unique voice. Yeah, and, and I he think really he really can you know, added to you know, kind of uh, the hip hop lexicon by incorporating, you know, his native language, like into his hip hop. You know, you even heard that on like the the new tribe album, and like well, um, well, just even that in and of itself is just innovative. And you know, I'm sure I'm sure there was someone at some point in time who's like, you know, Busta, maybe you know, don't put that on the, you know, like just, just do it in English, you know. But uh, uh, you know, he obviously sticks with it. So I mean, he's one of my right. personal favorites. You know, history lesson number two, and I'll keep it quick, is that a lot of what we consider flows of MCs in these early days, hip-hop comes from a Jamaican rhyme style called toasting that you hear in a lot of beats that come from the Caribbean and dance hall music and early reggae. And the toasting style is very much rooted in what we consider flows and a tremendous amount of MCs have Jamaican heritage. To name just a tiny sliver, Buster Rhymes, Most Def, uh, Biggie, KRS-One, you know, and that's just the beginning of it. So, you know, I, I got to give a lot of credit to uh, those early styles for influencing hip hop in the early years of, of flows, because that's what has led to where we are today. And then um, looking forward on it, uh, you know, shouts to Redman. You know, it kind of rubs in the fact that Method Man should be on here, considering it's <laughs> uh, considered Red Man kind of the Robin to Method Man's Batman. And obviously, Method Man was a major figure in Wu Tang. But Red Man is not to be understated and is, you know, a beast in his own right. And I will not comment on Bust the Bus versus Red Man. But th- that is a <laughs> tough one. That's, it is. That that's is. one of the best second round matchups. There is, and it may determine who goes to the final four. Mm. So, yeah, so, no, you're right. That that bracket, um, hmm, that's a, that's a very good point. Yeah. Huh. So, putting that out there, um, Missy getting a first round win against Ghostface. Um, you know, I'm glad to see uh, more of the Southern hip hop style getting some love there. I'm more of East Coast oriented, but I think if you're going to do a fair tournament and and all the flows and, and really weigh it, I can understand. You know, I understand what you guys are doing there with Missy winning, so I, I give you a shout there. 
and a, a shout for the ladies out there. We appreciate ladies. female rappers. You know, early on, a lot of the first female rappers were more in the line of, uh, you know, they spoke more like Aretha Franklin, like kind of stop playing me and, and get your, you know, get out of my life. I don't need you kind of, uh, or get your act together. Yeah. They were very yeah. strong, yep. very conscious. And I think we lose sight of that because the mainstream tries to keep a very fixated image, especially in the late nineties, early two thousands about what a female rapper, what her content could be about. And, you know, yeah. little Kim pioneered that and pushed it and, and was able to become very successful. But it did kind of obscure even Queen Latifah, the actress, was once, uh, you know, a very feminist and more empowered type of MC. So, uh, you know, shouts to the young female MCs out there who are carving their own niche and speaking out. The time is now. So I appreciate all the all the underground MCs who are listening. And uh, with that in mind, I keep looking around. Um, we got. Bernie Sanders' buddy, Killer Mike, making it through. <laughs> uh, Cassidy is a underrated wordsmith, and I've certainly an influence when it comes to rhyme schemes. And, um, you know, maybe you could criticize some of his content, but at the same time, he, you know, the winner of one of the most famous battles of all time. Uh, all, all I'll say is, Freeway is not on this bracket. So I, I guess we figured out who won that. <laughs> if you didn't exactly. already know. Yeah, exactly. So, and then shouts to Common through the years, especially when you talk about content. And, um, you know, sad to see a little bit. DMX lost to Talib Kweli, who's one of my absolute favorite MCs of all time. Uh, I had the honor of performing with him last night, actually. Yo, and that's, so, yo, that's crazy synchronicity that uh... – Four years ago, he was wearing your shirt. I saw that post. Yeah. At, a, at a Black Star concert in, in, when we were in Hartford, he was in Oakland, California, and he, we found out about it. Now, four years later, we're playing with him, and I gave him a copy of the new album. And, um, you know, I'm just a just a huge fan. Talib Kweli, if you don't know, dig back. Put on Beautiful Struggle. Listen to the Black mm. Star album. I mean, these are some of my favorite music of all time in my life. Uh, I first met him with the song Get By, mm. you know, which is still to this day one of my favorite songs ever. Yo, so That quality album, like many of the hip-hop albums I got into uh, were borrowed, quote-unquote, from my sister, and that was one of them that, like, I very vividly remember just, like, listening to it, and, like, from that, like, Chappelle intro to just all the tracks, I mean, that that... That, that he invented album. the he invented the Nike swoosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, uh, shouts to Talib. I know that you were lobbying for him. Yeah, I was. I, I was outvoted on that one. I was. I was sad. Oh, of all the ones, all the all the first round matchups, that that one was probably the one I was like sad that it went the other way. But it was. But now, I, now I got to give credit to Earl Simmons, DMX, and I will say. Uh, one of the first songs I ever learned to play on piano that was a hip-hop song was Rough Riders Anthem. Um, I had his earliest albums, and, you know, he really, he shook up hip-hop and took the throne. Mm. And it was, you know, it was a very powerful wave. It was a tidal wave. 
that a lot of these people on this list never went got that big mm-hmm. as he was at that time. So you know, I get, and technically, to live never got that big either. No. You know, it, it. But obviously, you're judging on many criteria. So he he narrowly you know beats to live two to one. You know, in a uh, a contested matchup. But um, Beanie Siegel against Master P. We spoke about that. I I do give a lot of credit to Master P on his contributions to uh, independent labels and building your own movement and everything he did about bringing credibility to the South. And I, I have, you know, you have to respect his business acumen. And he was one of the few guys, he'd be like if the team owner of a basketball team was also the star player. You know, few people have occupied all the roles quite like Master P. You know, and say what you want about his music, but it's, you know, but obviously when you end up judging him on a lot of criteria, he loses to Beanie Siegel, who I think would get destroyed by Method Man on like, you know, the best day of his life. So another vote, another vote for Method Man in there, but I'll stop doing that. I'm out uh, on that. But. No, it's all good. Yo, did you ever listen, you ever hear the story about uh, Master P like, <laughs> He got offered like a deal, and he's like, "Wait a minute! If they're offering me a million dollars, I have to be at least worth ten million. And he like turned down the deal. I didn't hear about that. I uh, was reading about yesterday how uh, Netflix offered a blockbuster to buy them for fifty million in uh, two thousand. Really? The blockbuster didn't do it. Uh. And now Netflix is worth nine billion and has just completely obliterated the business model and the entire business." Oh, yeah. Blockbuster. But yeah. we would all be watching Blockbuster. We'd have our Blockbuster watch instantly, and it would be like <laughs> Blockbuster Originals. We'd be watching Blockbuster. That just sounds so funny to, to hear. And I remember, like, when Blockbuster was on the way down, they, like, were trying to, like, get in on, like, the, the, the like, Netflix game with, like, you know, like, ordering movies and getting them delivered. But at that point, it was, like, way too late, and they just they fucked up. So that's that's interesting. That's an interesting uh, history lesson right there. Yeah, you know, uh, just kind of tied in, but um, I'm getting. Uh, so let's uh, keep it moving to the next bracket. Yeah. Got any matchup you want to ask about? I mean, this bracket is very interesting because J- and all this was randomized, first of all. So it's not like we like wanted this face-off to happen. But Jay-Z and Nas, assuming that they – win their matchup against Raekwon and Mostef, respectively, would have to face off in the Sweet 16 to get to the Final Four. So one of them's getting knocked out. And it's interesting that they're matching up against each other. Obviously, they had, you know, the, uh, you know, their beef against each other. So, I mean, that'll be an interesting matchup. But let's back up for a second. So, um... You can bring me back, and we'll talk about it after it happens. Uh, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I don't, well, yeah, okay. I don't want to... Anger half of the people listening by letting you know what I think about <laughs> that. Anger yeah. them. Anger them. Okay, so. You want me to stir the pot? I see how it is. Yeah, you know, get this shit viral. Um, I mean, most of these matchups were pretty straightforward. I mean, definitely the Rizza, uh, the Ice T Chuck D and the Rizza Big L probably had the most conversation um, of the matchups. I mean, yeah, because I mean, the other ones, pretty much everyone kind of knew where they were voting uh, on them. 
But uh, yeah, what are your what are your thoughts? What matchup of the first round sticks out to you? Um, you know, Biggie against Big Daddy Kane is cool because Biggie appropriated certain imagery to the you know with the suits and the ch- like the certain kind of things that were kind of carved out a little bit by Big Daddy Kane, so that he's kind of like a tip of the cap to Big Daddy Kane in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to see him match up against his forefather. And, um, you know. Yeah. Oh, wait. I'm looking at – wait. Yeah, you're on the bottom bracket, but – Okay, I'm back up because I was going to say, Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas in the same bracket? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. But no. Okay. I'm looking at it now, and I got – Fife Dog, rest in peace, one year ago today. Yeah. Um, so, um, against most Def. Whew. I mean, whew. the Five Foot Freak just ran into a buzzsaw. Most Def is, uh, is really, you know, all-time great to me. Um, you know, Black on Both Sides, you gave me that album. Did I? <laughs> I don't remember. Or at least I ended up with your copy of it. Okay, I'll take your word for it. (laughs) This was in about 07, so it was about seven years later. And I had heard it back then when I was in high school, and I had listened to certain songs in college, but never the full album like that. And that's always going to be one of my favorite albums of all time. It's a fucking dope one. I mean, I put that up where with quality in terms of, like, my favorite albums of all time, definitely. And then I won't talk about Nas and Jay-Z, so maybe you'll call me again because I'm very, you know, uh, I miss you sometimes. So I, I, I'm trying, but did you hear that, I'm folks? Because I'm very jealous that, you know, you did that I don't get to vote. So I figure I might as well just troll you on the Internet. <laughs> oh, thanks. That makes me feel welcomed. So I'll let you know about Nas and Jay Z. Right. Raycon, shouts to Chuck D. Uh, shouts to RZA. I was thinking when he said "terminal" like Grand Central Station in Triumph recently, and yeah. laughing to myself about you know, and that's a that that just shows you his abstract kind of approach to things. Like he's traveling like a vortex to your cerebral cortex. You know, mm. I I. Mm. I appreciate Reza. You know, uh, he's kind of in his own lane with that. So I, I give him credit. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, any other matchups? LL Cool J against Guru. Uh, that's probably my other biggest heartbreaker first round because to me, Guru, you know, monotone, gangstar. Oh, I thought you had Cinderella. Written all over him, but he had, he was in a tough bracket. He would have had Nas in the next, or he yeah. would have had Jada Kiss in the next round, and Jay Z and Nas in his bracket. So, you know, Guru is in a personal way, he might even be top five, but I I probably have to give him top ten. Okay, and I I appreciate his message, okay. and I this is a tough bracket. This 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 yeah. might actually be my favorite bracket. You know, I mean, it's so definitely. Far. It's 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 the hit squad in in this bracket for sure. Uh, yeah, there's definitely you know I mean hey just like in basketball there's that one region where it's like yo how did all these good teams get in this one region? Um, that's that's what it feels like. It feels like one of those. Yeah. So I would say this is the one. You know. And with that being said, 
Whoever wins Jay Z Nas is really, really in the driver's seat on that. Yeah, agreed. So, um, so here we go. Uh, and and shouts to Jada, um, <laughs> who I used to listen to a lot more ten, fifteen years ago, and you know, I just I I got to give credit to the people that the MCs that I was listening to verse after verse of theirs at a young age because this is what I do for my life and for you know how I define myself as an MC and I learn from all the MCs but especially the ones that I was playing mm. over and over again you know yeah they left the mark so certain things I may do stylistically or content wise that are different from them but it does not deny their influence on my flow uh, my appreciation of wordplay, rhyme schemes, you know, all of it. So, you know, it's all in there. But I, I say that to, to tip the cap to Jada, that I've been listening to you, and he's been a bigger influence to people probably right in the tri-state area in New York, New Jersey. Yeah. He's kind of like a local hero in that way. So mm-hmm. I want to give him a, a regional crown that, you know, Nas has always kind of felt and shared ever since Illmatic was such a hit in New York city, but it wasn't a national hit yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, shouts to the New York MCs. That's where I, you know, I worked in Brooklyn for eight years. So, and that's my dad is born and raised in Brooklyn. My mom taught at high school in Brooklyn for 30 years, you know? So I, I got to show love right now to, you know, all five boroughs and, uh, Jada and them up in Yonkers throwing it down. So respect. Um, let's go the last uh, bracket. Yeah. That Anything means... you want to add about this bracket? I already pointed out Biggie versus Big Daddy Kane is a um, cool. You know, I mean, definitely the matchup. The um, the Eminem Kendrick Lamar matchup was hotly contested. Hotly contested. I mean, most. I mean, it, w- it wasn't like in terms of the voting, it wasn't that close. But it was definitely one that, like, you know, people really kind of was like, hmm, that's a good point. Like, oh, I didn't think about that. Um, well, I'll say this. When I looked at the whole thing, when you first sent me it without any picks, the first thing I saw, thought of and saw was Kendrick Lamar versus Eminem in the first round. I was like, didn't understand how it had kind of come about and what the seeding was or if you guys had picked them anyway. And I was like, that is so tough because there are <laughs> contingencies who could make very strong arguments on both sides for that one. Like, that was a tough, tough one. And for a first-round matchup, you know, for me it's not necessarily as tough, but it also has to do with age and experience and body of work. And in the end, that's why Eminem prevailed. Although, you know, a tip of the cap to Kendrick, that he can be this young in the game with two albums out and already be a tough matchup for a man who has, I believe, the number one, number three, and number seven, and he was featured on Dre 2001. So he's on at least three or four of the top ten selling hip-hop albums of all time, and that would be Marshall Mathers LP, Slim Shady LP, Eminem Show, and on the Chronic 2001. So, you know, Eminem, his catalog speaks for itself. He's going to be a, a, a tough out in this tournament. And um, ooh, I don't even know what to say. I thought the other bracket was good. 
But any bracket that has Big E, Eminem, and Andre 3000. <laughs> and Lupe in there. You know, I mean, three And sacks. Lupe causing problems. And shout out to Snoop and Rakim and Kanye. <laughs> and then you got J. Cole playing against Drake in, like, the uh, – the young, the young showdown. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, so, yeah. yeah. So maybe this, I'm going to change my, my ranking. This is the best bracket because in the other one is Jay-Z versus Nas, you know, and, and it's whatever you think based on that, which is very subjective. But we'll see who wins the day. Yeah. But in this one, I don't even know what I would say. What happens when Andre 3000, who I often tell people is my favorite MC ever, goes against Notorious B.I.G., who was my favorite MC or is my favorite MC of all time for the last 20 years. So, you know, that that matchup is already heartbreaking to me Mm. to let one of them go in any way. They could be in the finals for me personally. That would have probably played out like in some way for me. And then for Biggie against Rakim, I mean, Andre against Kanye with some people, you know, would be fully on board Kanye. I wonder how that's going to turn out. Um, a case can be made for each. Lupe versus Snoop, and then Eminem, Kendrick Lamar coming out, and then it's going to be Eminem versus Snoop or Lupe, possibly Biggie versus Andre 3000 or Kanye. Like I don't know, man. That That's a tough one. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be posting in the next couple days and, and getting it. decisions so i'll leave you there for now my brother and i will talk to you uh when it's moving along a little all right man yeah we're gonna do yeah uh we're gonna do the second round this sunday so i mean anytime that you want to talk after sunday about the results or whatever uh you know we'll we'll figure out a good time and you know we'll 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 delve into these matchups all right, well, I'm excited to see what you guys are going to get to with this, and um, I'll be checking for those results on Sunday. In the meantime, this is Jack Brown from Sophistapunk signing off. Make sure you check it out. March Madness MC. Let's see what happens. Yeah. All right, man, thanks for a few minutes. Appreciate it. All right, peace, dude. Be well. Peace.